Welcome to the Trying to Can podcast. We are Olga and Angela. And in this podcast, we casually discuss our journey to be more conscious in everyday life, the small steps we take, the fuck-ups we make, the struggle of trying to can, and much more. Hey, guys. Hello, hello. Another week, another trying to can episode. And today we're going to be talking about overconsumption. Exactly. Olga, I know you want to share because you are the one who inspired this episode. So tell us a little bit what happened. I'm not sure if I should be excited about being a bad kind of inspiration, <laughs> but you know, someone has to be. So <laughs> I guess today that's me. Just take the role for this episode. I'm going to take it next one. Perfect. Anyways, uh, so the story that I wanted to share and that inspired the topic happened to me a couple of months ago. And the story is that my parcel got stolen. And basically that parcel would cost like a pretty good vacation somewhere in a nice place, maybe even more than a week. This is how this happened. When I was getting ready for our Christmas party in the office... We love a good party. I also love parties and I also like to look great at those parties. But I always feel that it's rather hard to find something that really pops because, you know, party outfits, especially when you have a theme, is something that is such a pain to find. While I was scrolling through the online shops, I found a bunch of things that I liked. A bunch of those were online exclusive, so I didn't have a choice to go to the store and just try it on. So I ordered it all. Yeah, so basically I ordered so many dresses in different colors and in different sizes because, to be honest, with the current way of um, making dresses, unfortunately, you cannot guess what is the right size for you. So you just have to try it on. And... That's already when it all went wrong, because when I was finishing my purchase and I saw the final price of it, I'm like, Olga, maybe you should split it in several parcels. You never know what can happen. But who listens to the gut, to the gut feel, right? So basically I went on and I purchased the whole box, uh, which to be honest, costed like quite a good vacation. Let's, let's put it that way. And I was so excited that all my dresses are, are gonna come and I'm gonna be fabulous at my Christmas party and I will just return the rest, safe and sound. But obviously that wasn't the case. So the second part that went wrong uh, was when the parcel arrived and it was left at my reception in my apartment building. I saw that it's there, but I was on the way somewhere in the rush, so I just didn't pick it up uh, and I just left it there. And then when I came back, it wasn't there anymore. I was like, okay, it's the night. Maybe maybe they put it somewhere in the storage and I'm going to find it in the morning. No, it disappeared. And then it turned out that currently there are a bunch of people stealing from the houses around. So all the parcels that are left unattended are being stolen. And mine was one of those. Basically, it just felt like my whole life passed by. I'm like, oh my God, I could have been on this amazing vacation with this money. And instead, I just have a bunch of stolen dresses. And I'm just feeling so stupid because like, it's just my wrong choices that led me there. And then I started thinking like, why? Why did I do that? And I think it all just comes to this point of overconsumption because that's not the only example when I did it. Okay, in this case, it was for a party, but I often just order a lot of things just for the sake of ordering it and trying things on and I don't even necessarily need to um, need to keep it I just send it back so for me it's just overconsumption of the process of buying guys I've heard this story uh, already so you cannot get a genuine reaction because obviously we laughed a lot <laughs> I was trying to be a good friend, empathetic, but I couldn't. I was empathetic friend of another pathetic friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just felt like a very good trying to camp episode and an idea. Luckily, I know you recovered the money. Yes, and I'm trying not to repeat this mistake ever again. So at least there's a good, a good ending, a happy ending. Because if if it was not happy, I don't know if you'll be able to like talk about it. I think I would have been traumatized for for a week and then purchase something again. <laughs> That's how the life of over consumer goes, I guess. 
yeah but at least it gave us a good idea and a good reason to laugh but obviously it was tragicomic what happened to you so guys don't repeat it at home yeah and i'm sure i'm not the only one we've all been there with our weird purchases so that's why we want to deep dive in the topic of overconsumption today and get a little bit more of understanding why we are doing that and what can be the little steps to overcome it yeah yeah to overcome the overconsumption first things first what is overconsumption let's just bring ourselves on the same page and bring everybody else as i'm now typing on my phone to check the definition i found one which says that overconsumption is the action or fact of consuming something in excess. So I guess in this case we also have to define what does excess mean. Yep, let's define excess together. Mm, in my opinion, excess is very subjective. To me, it's more of, you know, can I still fit it in my wardrobe if I'm talking about purchasing clothes? I'm already, it's like a red flag if I cannot fit something that I buy and it's just boxes around my house and I feel like, okay, <laughs> there's definitely something happening as I don't have the space for all these things but I keep purchasing so then I'm, and then for me it's, a, it's an alarm that maybe I'm buying in excess. Uh, but it could also be, do I actually need it? Because if I, for instance, I have a juice expresser, which I barely use. I also have one <laughs> and I bought it when Angela suggested me to do a juice detox. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it was a, a good one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's actually the only times I use the juice extractor when I do a detox. But it just sits there, barely used. And then that's where also I think excess comes into play because if I if I don't use it for a long period of time or I seldomly use it then most likely I didn't need it and that's an excess because it takes space obviously you know it costs money so on and so forth yeah that makes total sense but I think at the moment of purchase because you're influenced by so many factors especially for a person who tends to overconsume a lot it's very hard to define in the moment, do I need it or not? Especially if you don't think the purchase through and you don't take your time to think it through. So I think for me, actually, excess means does it fit not in your wardrobe, but in your budget? Because if I look at myself in the past, to the times when I was an intern, of course, I would also just go shopping quite frequently, buy a lot of things that I wouldn't need. But it would be much less because then I was having an intern salary so and there were not so many opportunities in terms of payment options let's say that would allow you to spend more than you can but now uh, a couple of years ago I discovered Klarna for myself and that makes life so much easier because you can just order things a lot of things you don't have a limitation of your current salary of your savings of your credit card because you don't need to burden it with this purchase basically you just choose pay later and you just pay for whatever you decided to keep so then you end up in this constant circle of ordering more and more and more things and at some point it gets out of control because you don't even keep track of what have you ordered and sometimes it comes as a surprise because you kind of forget having all those options to finance your purchase nowadays it kind of becomes more easy yeah, it to buy in excess. It becomes more easy. So for me, everything that doesn't fit in your actual monthly budget is in excess. Be Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, definitely. I think this is such a good one. Now that I think also for me, budget is a good indicator. But back to your point, it's so interesting how the availability of these payment methods can make us more vulnerable 
to fall into the trap of over overconsumption in a way that if in the past budget would be a constraint and you'd be like oh wait a second now <laughs> that is a little bit blurred just because these options are available mm-hmm. speaking of vulnerability I think it's time to share our personal stories. Story time. Story time. Okay, now things are going to get embarrassing. <laughs> And since I have already shared one of mine, I think now it's your turn to shine. <laughs> so where do I even begin? For any of you who know me from the internet sharing my sustainability journey, conscious consumption... <laughs> Let me tell you guys, there's also a backstory. There is always a backstory. <laughs> Surprise us. Okay, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. So I've had a couple of phases in my life where I would overconsume. One of the periods I can think of is when I was an exchange student coming in the Netherlands for the first time back in 2014 and before that I I was how to call it I was a virgin to the fast fashion if I may say that you may not <laughs> no but I was very innocent I barely had a little bit of like experience because back in my home country in Moldova we had a couple of shops We didn't have Zara, we didn't have H&M. I think we had some other shops, but obviously the purchasing power, you know, the financial means at that time was limited. So when I came here as an exchange student, I was going to experiments at my university and earning some pocket money that I felt like, oh my God, I'm on the top of the world. I have this extra cash to spend. And obviously I was very like strict with my food budget. But for some reason, when it came to clothes, I was not that conscious. I think it was just my immersion in the fast fashion world and seeing the shopping streets in Amsterdam full of like fast fashion shops and having discounts and and just being able to access this world made it very appealing to me. So I discovered Urban Outfitters in Amsterdam back then. And I also discovered that Urban Outfitters would have a little room on the first floor. I don't know if they still have it because I haven't been in the store in ages, but In that room on the first floor, they had the outlet. So they would have just few sizes in few designs, maybe from previous collections or even from current ones, but it's just like one piece left or something like that. And they would have discounts on these uh, pieces. I would go there, I'm not even kidding, a couple of times a week just for the thrill of like finding a bargain this is what I was interested in it didn't matter if it's a good quality if it's you know a piece that I can get a a lot of wear out if it fits my style or whatever if it was my size or at least close to my size (laughs) and if it was a great well if it was affordable because my budget was very limited I would get it I remember I ended up buying a lot and with the little money that I had when I had to go back home I had to send a full luggage back home because it would not fit obviously in my initial one I I guess you were the urban outfitters queen and nice to meet you I'm the Zara queen (laughs) (laughs) yeah nice to meet you (laughs) so I think here we go we found each other Uh, So I think I actually had quite a similar journey as you did. But for me, as as you understood, it happened in Zara or H&M. But I think it was also the same when I came from my home country. Well, for me, it was first in Italy. But I would just go to the store so frequently that just to check out what's new is there. And it was kind of going from the 
moment when at home I wouldn't be able to buy a lot of things or needed to ask my parents for money a lot so I didn't have my own budget well when I was in Italy I also kind of didn't have my own budget <laughs> but when you don't have the the control of your parents you go a little bit wild so it started slowly and then it escalated the more money I was getting because then I started working of course but I think in the end of the day my journey was quite similar to yours which shows that we are two people who are rather different in our let's say lifestyle or consumer behavior but we still fell into exactly the same trap of overconsumption yeah and i would actually question if there are people out there who didn't <laughs> well that's that's a good one and i really hope that there are some lucky souls but guys tell us your stories did you feel the same or other the lucky ones actually exactly. <laughs> but angela tell us did you learn how to deal with this fast fashion uh, craziness i think i did but there's always a but so what happened is i then got a job and i started to well at first i got an internship and then i had a little bit more money and then i was like okay angela you need to rethink the situation that's when i started to look a little bit for more quality and i said okay rather than having 10 t-shirts just get one of a good fabric from you know a good brand so then i started to buy a little bit more like medium brand like they are not fast fashion but they are also not far from But what happened actually is I still didn't know what is my style, what I like, what I needed. So even if I would get a better quality and I could afford a better quality and I stopped uh, buying fast fashion, I would still get things that I was like, what was I thinking? I would still get the thrill of getting a bargain, but just more higher quality for instance i remember once a friend of mine who used to work at pvh actually she was doing an internship so we were the same age we studied together and then she's like you know what i can get you a ticket to an outlet of pvh i'm working here so you can come and obviously i went and i bought a lot of things that if i look back i barely wore they were this weird patterns even though the quality was good-ish it wasn't something that I needed and it wasn't even something that was fitting me and was adding value to my wardrobe you know what I mean so that is another example and I remember back then I was dating my boyfriend at the time and he was he used to laugh at me that Angela, you would buy a shit if it was on discount. <laughs> That's like how my journey evolves. It evolves from buying fast fashion to buying more high quality, but still buying crap. High quality crap. Exactly. Just because it was on discount. And I was like, I get it. You know, this piece might look amazing standalone, but if I wear it, it's just not doing the, you know, the thing that it's supposed to do. And it's also, I cannot... Like I cannot style it with something else I have in my wardrobe because it's just, it's just not. It's like apples and oranges. Well, you know, it's because you haven't met my grandmother because my grandmother says that in the summer everything fits everything. <laughs> so you just need the right styling tips, you know. <laughs> yes. C can she make a book about styling, please? <laughs> I'm not sure she has more advice than this one. <laughs> I mean, how far can you go? It's just everything goes with everything. Well, at least one golden advice. Thanks, Olga's grandma. So as you can see, I was still falling in the trap. And in the past years, I've been more conscious about what I buy. When it comes to, for instance, clothes, I choose first, you know, secondhand and vintage And if I don't need it, you know, I don't buy it. I, I try to become a little bit more conscious of the inflow of things into my life. But even then, 
you know what happened? I found this Instagram account of a lady or like a small business and she's scouting these vintage pieces from Italy or I don't know where. But she has the system where she posts, for instance, a piece and then first in, first out in a way like you know, whoever writes first that they are interested, then she reserves it and then she sells it. And certain pieces can go in minutes or even seconds. Like sometimes I would write her like three minutes after she posted, she was like, okay, it's already sold. So even though in essence, you know, you are buying a secondhand piece and, you know, you're giving a life to another piece, you don't get anything new, blah, blah, blah. But I fell in the trap of like, I need to make this decision fast. It looks great in the picture, but I haven't tried it on. You know, I haven't thought of it properly because I had seconds or minutes. And then I ended up buying things from her, which some, by the way, I love. And they're amazing. I mean, they're all amazing quality, you know, wool and silk and and, and really great quality. That's not the point. But I still ended up buying things that I didn't need it just because that was like kind of the way to access them. You need to act fast and you need to decide fast. So I fell in the trap of buying things I didn't need it. And now I, it's been a while since I bought anything from her because I'm like, you know, I don't want to rush into that because it just makes me vulnerable to buy things I don't need. So as you see, guys, I'm not going to be a you know a hypocrite. I feel like it's just a trying to can every single day challenge because I don't think we are ever going to be cured of overconsuming. It's just the day and age we live where we are triggered and brands are sending us advertisement and you see people on Instagram having clothes and it's just always like you get this... Tr- how to say treated. external stimulation exactly and it's hard it's hard don't cry <laughs> no <laughs> no but obviously it's not only about clothes it can be anything uh, if i think about over consuming and i think you would share this because we went through it together you remember when covid hit and then the restaurants were closed and then the restaurants were open it was just this phase and i when the restaurants would open in that window, I would eat out so much or take away so much. And then I couldn't enjoy the food in my house, the food that I cooked. And this is also another way to overconsume because it takes away the magic of homemade food, for instance. But, it, you know, now when you said it, I also remembered that one situation when it was freezing outside but the restaurants were closed so we could only eat it outside and we got the pizza so we were with our hands literally freezing and shaking stuffing ourselves with that pizza that got cold in five seconds it not only takes the magic of homemade food it also takes the kind of the magic and the pleasure that you get uh of the the food yeah from the experience when you when you go out when you kind of just do it thoughtlessly just for the sake of doing it let's say it just takes the whole magic away as you say yes exactly and there's also the hedonic adaptation in place because for instance in my case I got used to this experience and this pleasure and then anything else would not give me as much pleasure but even eating out didn't give me as much pleasure anymore because I would always do it and it became just a natural thing so back to the definition of overconsumption and excess you know, that excess part, it takes away the magic of having moderation in anything, being it clothes, being it food or any other aspect of our life. But I'm very curious about your journey. I really like the stories that you shared because I think I relate to those and I had, well, some of the similar steps. Uh, And especially when you mentioned this food part let's say and and how it just the whole pleasure of of it disappears if you do it in excess I think that's so true and I can totally relate to that it just becomes part of your routine and you kind of get bored of it so for me to be honest when it comes to clothes in the past I would be really buying a lot of crap 
and you were saying that you were buying it on discount i would often even buy it full price and you know full price in zara is not not that cheap to be honest and if you look in comparison to when it's on discount it's like 90% sometimes of of what you pay so i would still pay those crazy money for the not so good quality that it would uh, provide just because i wanted to have this sense of novelty but for me one of the reasons why i was on this overconsumption journey as well was my body that was constantly changing so I struggled with it quite a lot. So then every time you would need to buy more and more and more to just keep feeding your body into something else because you didn't want to look like crap. Um, so I think that was one of the, let's say, the stimulations for me to overconsume. But at the same time, it would be just, you know, kind of a way to procrastinate from from real life. So I would just get a lot of pleasure in general of looking at beautiful pictures because I'm a very visual person to kind of thinking oh how will I look and kind of it would carry me away in my ideal rainbows and butterflies world as you dream say world. dream world that kind of I would I would just buy it and as you say without even thinking how it fits in my lifestyle how it fits in my uh, wardrobe how it yeah how it fits in my budget it was just thinking those unimaginable scenarios oh i'm gonna go to the theater in this dress like how many times in a year do you go in a theater well especially as a student not that often it was very unreasonable when i was purchasing that um and i think how my overconsumption evolved lately as i already mentioned in the beginning now with the development of these new payment options or me having a credit card and more budget i sometimes just buy for the sake of buying so i just get the pleasure and the thrill of purchasing of of just of the whole process of selecting of getting it of waiting for it and then first of all sometimes i forget what i ordered and second mostly i don't even keep those things And I think it is also caused by the fact that I prefer online shopping to the offline one. Just I hate the idea of going to the stores, going through all those items that sometimes feel also quite dusty. So for me, it's also kind of trying to replace that unpleasant experience with something more convenient for myself. But in the end of the day, it just creates this over purchasing and overconsumption without actual consumption of the item that you purchase. So it just creates excess negative environmental impact in terms of logistical part the delivery and so on yeah so i think it's how the modern world evolved and the convenience of um, having things at your instant access it kind of removes the thinking and the rational behavior out of the process even more than in the past years which triggers quite some unhealthy behaviors in this case you know what it's interesting because now you say for you sometimes you don't even keep the items you just get the thrill of getting them shipped trying it on if it if it comes to close i guess and then sending it back whereas for me i this is my worst nightmare if i have to return a parcel guys i cannot explain i literally I hate the days when I had to re- I have to return something. It's horrible. Like the whole, you know, printing something, a label, bringing it to a drop-off point is just, it's really not a pleasant experience. And I know it because we've discussed about it. For you, it's very easy. For me, not. And I'm also curious, what are you guys' experience with, with returns? Because I feel like, you know, maybe some of you relate to Olga more than me, but... I get it, you know, we are different. So it's just curious how that's also impacting our experience in a way. It is super different because, you know, sometimes I would even think, oh, I really hope this item doesn't fit so that I don't have to keep it and spend money on it. And I would prefer to really return it rather than, um, yeah, just having another constraint on my budget. So now that we've shared our stories of overconsuming, let's just deep dive a little bit on the why, because I feel like there are so many things that we do 
in the day-to-day life but just because we don't understand why we do it we cannot break that pattern and you know have a behavior change and I think this is such an important question we always have to ask ourselves so it's a trying to can podcast we have to ask it now Olga why do you think you overconsumed and you're still struggling with that I think for me one of the reasons and it actually related more not to the fashion items uh, but more to the household items so like you said the juicer the mixer whatever you might need because all my friends are making fun of me because of that they're like you have everything you need in your kitchen for the record she actually does whenever I come to your house like you have everything you have things that I would never imagine I would need in my life tell me why do you need this I think it's it's a fear of inconvenience first of all or fear that I might need something in the future that I don't have and I'm not quite sure why I developed it but if I want something I want my need to be instantly gratified I I, I really have a struggle with postponing this and anticipating this reward I don't know for baking a cake uh, I just if I want it now I need it now so I think for me that's a very big challenge to learn how to how to postpone the pleasure and how to postpone um, meeting my needs and that's why I try to have whatever I need and to be prepared for whatever situation that might happen in the future wherever you might need not whatever you need because you don't need Uh, it in the moment right yeah so maybe that's why I'm trying to have whatever I might need at some point to kind of be prepared to uh, for the unexpected yeah, be prepared for the unexpected. And I think it's not only in that I, I have that behavior in many areas of my life, trying to be prepared for the future, just because I don't want to have this negative emotion of being caught by surprise, either by external um, circumstances or by my own desires and needs. So it feels like it's also like a safety net. It feels like, you know, you don't want that. You want to be prepared. Yeah, I guess so. So, for example, if I want to bake a cake at 1 a.m. and that happens, I cannot wait till the morning or till a couple of days, till when, I don't know, a mixer would arrive. I would need to bake that cake at 1 a.m. in the morning and preferably also have a cup of tea afterwards. So you cannot imagine not having the baking tray or a mixer, exactly. Or a mixer. So you're prepared for any life situations. Yes. I think this is a great bunker. Like, this is a great... <laughs> like, if something happens, I think we need to be in your house. You are <laughs> welcome. <laughs> because I I'm going like to save the world. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like you are sat here. You have everything you might need, but you actually don't. <laughs> exactly. But better safe than sorry, you know. <laughs> Hashtag... I think another reason for me is kind of es- escaping the reality, you know. So instead of actually picking up a book or challenging myself or picking up a new hobby, I would sometimes scroll through online shops trying to find or hunt a treasure, as you say. I just do it in the online world. Uh, find a good deal for some great item that I don't need and I have lived without but now for whatever reason I find it unbearable to live without it anymore so yeah for me I guess it's a way of procrastinating on self-development because it's it's just an easier choice and it requires less mental investment and less mental capacity and in times when you know you're a bit tired or stressed after work that that's just it's a good distraction. Yeah, it's just a good distraction. I'm not sure. A good, a good distraction, I feel, in theory, but in practice, I don't know how good it is. But it's a bit of self-destructing behavior, I guess, as the whole procrastination is. Uh, but yeah, I think that's, that, for me, is one of the reasons as well. 
So what about you? Do, did you have any of the similar experiences or for you it's something completely different? You know, I I don't think I have the the need to have everything in my house. If anything, I literally wait until the last moment when it's New Year's Eve and I don't have champagne glasses and I literally a couple of hours before go to like a thrift store next to my house to buy them. Hashtag true story. Yeah, this is a true story. So in my case, I remember it was my birthday. You remember a couple of years ago and I didn't have a wine opener for my fucking birthday. People came with drinks and wines and I didn't have a wine opener. And then I was like, oh, we tried to open it with a fork. The fork got broken. Like I still have it. It's like weirdly, <laughs> weirdly shaped. I asked my neighbor. She borrowed me something, but it was not a wine. She didn't even know how. A wine. <laughs> she, she gave me, oh, I think this could open. And it was not even working. I think it, <laughs> it was a beer opener. And then at the end, a guest came and someone texted the guest, like bring a wine opener. And he brought me a wine opener. And that's the only wine opener I have in the house till this day. I don't know. It's 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 funny, and I think this is the also the beauty of our friendship. Like we are different, and it's just interesting to yeah realize these differences. But in my case, you guys guessed no. That's safety and having everything in my house and everything around. It's not a real need. With feeling bored and using it as a distraction absolutely i think any one of us has moments when we are just like scrolling through a website and looking at things we could possibly buy or just you know wasting time i definitely have it so i fully uh, recognize that for me it's also as i said at the beginning the thrill of finding a deal like the you know the excitement the dopamine kick when I search I go in a store for instance and I search and then I find something which is a deal it it that's like looking back one of the reasons why I overconsumed. and another one it's also the with the example of the vintage store online when I when I'm f- not forced, but I'm like forcing myself to take a decision fast and it's time bound, I'm more likely to take a, to make an ir- irrational decision and I'm more likely to be an impulsive buyer. So that's why now by understanding what is behind my behavior and where I'm more prone to do this kind of things, I'm also, let's say, catching myself on these moments. I'm like, okay, wait a second. I know what's happening. (laughs) I know where you're heading. Like, no, it's not going to be the case. I think the example that you gave is actually a very good one because there is so much external stimulation of our brains that just triggers us to go into this pattern of behavior. And I'm not sure that many people realize it yet. So I think it's 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 already good if you start catching yourself because that's when you start can start making a change. And if we talk more broadly, I think one of the reasons why people buy things is also to kind of to show off to the world and to uh, create a certain image of themselves to the world basically it's like a social status yeah so like a social status and i feel like uh, many people just um are being defined by how they look or by what kind of dress they wear or those kind of things um and it's also let's say an easier way to build that kind of image rather than investing in personal development or things like that just because it doesn't require as much effort and time Mm -hmm. but at the same time it immediately captures the attention of the person who is looking at you Um, so it's a little bit like you know that 
that animal instinct, like when when animals mate, of course the male usually comes uh, with beautiful dances, with beautiful, I don't know, trying to show off the tail. Feathers, The colors. feathers, exactly. So I think it's one of those things, just having all those eye-catching things on you all the time, new, to attract the people around you mm. to your persona. What do you think? I totally agree. I feel like there's also an evolutionary aspect of this where you either indeed are interested in mating, so you want to stand out and then you invest in these things that would make you unique, would make you stand out, as I said, these shiny, colorful things. Or on the flip side, which is also an evolutionary instinct, you will want to be socially accepted. And then in this case, you would follow trends. And then the latest released or anything that new is in trend, whether you need it or not, whether it's useful or not, you'll just hop on it. So for sure, I recognize these reasons. and, And it's also good to acknowledge that we as human beings we are wired in certain ways and it's just natural that you know these things will happen in different phases of your life you'll either want to be accepted and then you will start like irrationally doing things and over consuming things just to be accepted or you would want to stand out or attract a mate or whatever and then you would involve yourself in behavior that will allow you that so it's good to just, I think, bring that awareness and understand the inner self. And as you said, it's so easy to just focus on the appearance rather than inner work. Another reason that I have already briefly mentioned today is how convenient it became to shop. Uh, and for example, Generation Z is the generation that haven't really lived in a world where it wasn't possible to add something to cart online. So basically you're just always one click away from making a purchase. You don't need to go to a store. You don't need to think too much. You can easily return it. So the ease of making a purchase and the ease of all the logistics around it is also what helps us fall in the trap and don't get me wrong i'm not saying that these developments are bad but we just have to be a bit more aware that it can happen and also like just because it's easy you don't have to do it you know what i mean like as you said these developments are great but just because they are there and it's easy you don't have to use it you don't have to overuse it or abuse it I was also thinking about how marketing has made it worse. <laughs> worse. And w- guys, we are both working work- in marketing. Yes, we are both working in marketing. We're not going to be hypocrites here. Hypocrites or hypocrites? How do you say? I'm not sure that's the only word that we didn't say, right? <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. Uh, anyways, you got the point. But with also the marketing and just being shown always oh you can be happier with that or you can be healthier or you can look better or you can style it better or you can stand out like all these tactics it makes us much more vulnerable to overconsume, and that's why I think it's also important to reflect on that and be more critical when you are exposed to these tactics marketing tactics that's one thing but i also feel like on the flip side it's also just us as you said be more convenient but also in a sense more lazy when we are making a decision like (laughs) i also sometimes look at myself how fast i'm making certain decisions and certain purchase decisions and if i look back i was really just looking for a shortcut to make the decision for instance oh it's 50 percent discount it's worth it this is a deal it's amazing get it our brain is just sometimes so lazy and looks for the easiest but not the best 
and not the most important criteria. So I also feel like that is another reason why we overconsume. We don't take enough time to put in balances the pros and cons of getting something and really understanding if that is an excess or not, if we need it or not. Maybe now we should just give a couple of practical tips of how we are trying to navigate in this world of overconsumption and to minimize it at least for ourselves and maybe someone else will benefit from that. Do you have any useful easy steps of how to break the pattern? I don't know if it's going to be easy. But I definitely can share things that worked for me, starting from the fact that I overconsume usually because I, I just like the thrill of finding a deal or finding something or scouting something that I want to get over it. What worked is getting more involved in different activities that will also give me this excitement and like dopamine kick. And that is going to the gym um, I love sauna and I also do a cold shower or cold baths afterwards and that is also known for um, a dopamine release that is also a long lived it's not a short one as in the case of purchasing and for me also journaling helps writing down what you're grateful for that is also known for giving you this dopamine release and this good feeling and social interactions when I am with someone like with you and any other friend or close person in my life I just I'm fully like present and then when we talk about topics that you know we are maybe both interested in or I'm speaking about something that I'm excited about it's just giving me this like positive emotions and just by Focusing on other experiences that not, not necessarily require purchasing, I managed to balance it out. By the way, I have a great recommendation in this regard. It's this podcast that I've been listening to and I think I, I've also been spamming all my friends, Huberman Lab. And he has a podcast on dopamine release and you know just explaining the whole neuroscience behind it. Guys, please check it out. I'll also insert it in the bio because it also gives some practical tips on how to have a dopamine release. What are the kind of the healthy ways to, to obtain that? What also works for me is just getting out and having even a five minute walk, recycling my paper. I usually do that just to get out, get a little bit of fresh air and like focus on something else and just free my mind from what I was doing before or you know the chores or the work or whatever I, I think this example with walking is really great and guys please do your daily walk especially during the daylight because we all need those 30 minutes at least of sunlight or at least daylight per day to feel better and that really really helps but also if you don't want to get outside or if it's too cold I think what helps me sometimes to just turn on your favorite music and start dancing like a crazy kid in the dark. And it especially works if you're alone and you don't restrain yourself and because no, nobody sees you. Dance like nobody's watching. <laughs> exactly. Because basically you release all that stress, all that negative energy, the tiredness. You get the therapeutical effect, both of the movement and of the music itself. And... One of the reasons why we overconsume can actually be also, you know, stress or tiredness. And we mentioned that you just keep scrolling and scrolling. And this way you will just have a bit of an energy boost. I love it. I think one other thing that works for me, for example, is to remove all the shopping apps or Amazon all those kind of apps from your phone and also take a break from your social media because there is so much stimulation and so much advertisement from different influencers um, from all the discounts and as you said you get this feeling 
or FOMO because you're just afraid that you're going to miss on a great offer or that you're not going to have something this influencer recommended so you've fallen out of trend. So you kind of immediately feel triggered to go and buy that and it also creates an easy way to do so. So when you remove all that and have this little detox, first of all from the apps, but better from your phone as a whole, I think it just really helps to get busy with other things and just forget about shopping once and for all or at least for a while that's a good one and also getting busy with other things i think hobbies are a great tool to just engage in some meaningful activities for you personally whatever it is you know sports and music dancing drawing whatever it is for instance i have picked up piano lessons last year beginning of the year and when I go to piano I feel so in the moment so present and then when I come home I usually exercise a little bit more and it's just that day is already for me like okay I don't need an external source of self-validation exactly you get the satisfaction of all that work that you've done and all the investment that you've done in yourself. You pretty much said it all. And also the sales period, it's a huge moment when people overconsume. For that, I just make a wish list. And then when the moment comes, if it's on discount and it's a good deal, yeah, I'm getting it. I put some thought process behind But if the sales periods catches you unprepared, it's very likely we're just going to overconsume and buy things that we don't need. But I think in general, just always make a wish list. Just add it to your cart. um, Go around. Maybe you'll forget about it. Maybe you would want to purchase it after a week or so. Then just purchase because it feels like you thought about it and you still want it. So it's okay. So just put a bit more of thinking process and delay this moment of an actual purchase to give yourself some mental space and not be caught by the moment. Sleep on it, guys. Sleep more in general, that also helps. <laughs> I just wish we can be a little bit more intentional with what we do and what we bring into our lives. I feel like just by being a little bit more intentional, and also asking ourselves the right questions like what do we want what do we need what is the value of it in our life we can navigate so much better the decisions in life itself and it could also help us with this you know trying to can challenge of consuming in moderation and really staying true to to what we need and who we are. Guys, to all of you who are listening, just go out there and explore yourself and explore your own journey. And of course, if you have any stories, we would be really curious to also hear a word from you. So don't hesitate and just share your embarrassing or not so embarrassing overconsumption stories and what helped you to overcome that do share it via our instagram account at trying to can thanks for listening bye bye